0: Thank you. Good morning, my name is Heidi, and I will be reading from Philippians 4 4 through 9 this morning. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding,
1: Thank you, Jesus, for your word. So I want to take a moment and, uh, one, thank you, Heidi. Um, but I, I want to introduce you guys to Heidi. This is Heidi Smith. Heidi is uh, new on our staff, and um, Heidi is our director of finance, so that means she's in charge, um, and she's in charge of making sure that the rest of us behave and do the things that we're supposed to do. Um, uh, but um but in all honesty, she's been a blessing. Um her mind for details and her willingness to just serve the Lord um just humbly and with an open mind and, and ask great questions and be able to just help guide us down down a good and and faithful stu- faithful stewardship pathway. And so um I want to take a moment and uh and pray uh for our day pray for heidi and her ministry and then we'll get we'll get started so heavenly father i come to you today and i want to thank you i thank you for the opportunity we have today to gather together as as brothers and sisters in christ to um to dive into your word Uh, i thank you for heidi and her just her faithful her faithful ministry to to this local body to the church as a whole and most importantly to your kingdom and, uh, and lord, I pray today that in everything that we say and do I pray that today is glorifying to you Uh, that that your name is lifted high and that in the end we can just rejoice in who you are in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Heidi So, uh, if we haven't met my name is joe and uh, welk I want to take a moment and say welcome to week two of defiant joy If this is your first week with us, I, uh Thank you so very much. We are blessed that you chose to spend part of your day with us And the only thing we ask of you is that in the seat backs in front of you There is a connect card if you wouldn't mind taking that and and going across the lobby And we have our uh, we have folks in our welcome center who would love to meet you They've got a little gift for you. They'd love to tell you a little bit about our church and And just uh, say and hear a little bit about how you came to be here But I want to take a moment church and just uh, and say let's let's welcome those who are new in the room and those who are joining us online so we appreciate the fact that you guys are here Um, So like I said, this is the second week of defiant joy and the first thing I want to do is make a promise Um, I am not going to sing today So for those of you who were here last week that was a one-off. I, um, I, I, so, um, but secondly, guys, um, I want to se- just kind of recap a little bit about what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about how when we submit to Jesus as Lord and we receive him as Savior, our temporary life and our eternal destination change. They 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 change because we receive an inheritance we receive the inheritance of god The 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 greatest gift we could ever receive and that is god with us in the form of the holy spirit We talked about how when we when we come how when the holy spirit comes into our life We're changed from the inside out and how that can lead us to live a life of impact And we began unpacking a series big idea that I pray we'll all be able to say with conviction And this is our series, Big Idea. It says, I have received an inheritance of joy. And through Christ, my life will leave a legacy of joy that defies the ways of this world. I, I have received an inheritance of joy. See, when I, when I am adopted into the family of Christ, when I come to Him, submit to Him as Lord, and am adopted into the family of Christ, I receive His inheritance, which is the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, I receive salvation. And with the Holy Spirit, we get salvation, and we also receive an inheritance of joy. To where we can stand regardless of life circumstances and say you know what the ways of this world don't define me I'm gonna live the way that christ wants me to live and I can I can do this because of the joy that's inside of me You see last week we also talked about how paul Was was probably based on life circumstances based on human nature one of the more unlikely people to write about joy You see, this is a Pauline epistle and Paul wrote this to the letter to the church in Philippi while he was in prison Which by all earthly standards is not a place where joy needs to be would would probably be the most present thing But but joy was the key theme to this letter that Paul wrote And, And and paul was able to find joy because he knew that god had used And would continue to use all of his life to bring glory to god's name You see, in fact, Paul's life and some of how God used him in Philippi showed that he was exactly the right person to to write about a life filled with the joy of Christ. You see, 20 years before the church in Philippi was founded, Paul, who at that point in time was Saul, was at the stoning of a man named Stephen. Not only was he at the stoning of the man named Stephen But he held the cloaks of the people who were stoning Stephen in, in In support of the fact that they were killing this man for his faith You see paul When he was saul Was a persecutor of the people who the followers of the way of the followers of christ Paul paul when he was saul would would come And he would He he would pull women and children out of their home and throw them in prison paul when he was saul was the ultimate He was the he was the ultimate defiler of who god was in the world But something happened You see paul had an encounter with the risen lord and savior jesus christ on the road to damascus one day And after some time in the desert with him After some time in the desert with him his life shifted and we get to see why Paul could be this author about joy, author, the, the author who writes about joy because of some of the things that happened when he came to Philippi. You see when he came to Philippi, he got to do something that was a little outside of the ordinary. Ordinarily, when Paul would come to a new community, he would go to the synagogue and he would preach well there wasn 't a synagogue in in Philippi because Philippi was primarily not a Jewish town; it was a Gentile town, which were people who were not raised who were not raised with jewish customs and traditions so paul went to where he found, thought he was going to find the jewish people he went down to the river that's two weeks in a row i've got to say down by the riverside and um and so he went down by the river to find where he thought he would find the jews but when an amazing thing began to happen you see paul did did found a church but it was founded not on jewish converts it was founded on gentiles the people that paul used to persecute And the first convert that that Paul, the the first person that converted in the continent of Europe, okay, this is a big deal, was a lady named Lydia. And in, in Paul's customs, women didn't have very high standing. They weren't thought of. This was the most unlikely of converts. But Paul, through the Holy Spirit, led her to Christ. And Lydia became the first convert on the continent of Europe. Paul also went out of his way to heal a demon-possessed little girl And that caused him to be thrown in prison. You see it's coming all full circle here Paul Who was the persecutor of the gentiles Helped found a church that was meant to reach the gentiles Paul who was the persecutor of women and children Led the first convert in in europe to be a woman And rescued a child who was demon-possessed It's coming full circle. And when he was in prison, which is where he used to send people, an amazing thing happened. You see, okay, so he's in prison. And he could have just been, woe is me. But no, God continued to use him even there. Paul, who used to throw people in prison for their faith, was now in prison for his faith. And he led the Philippian jailer and his family to come to Christ. You see, Paul understood that God could and would use our past failings and situations to change the world if we just let him. And in him, he found joy and we can do the same. You see, I can find joy trusting that Jesus will use all circumstances to finish the work he started in me. You see, Jesus will use, Jesus will be faithful and just and finish what he started in us. And he'll use all of our circumstances if we stay plugged in and leaned into who he is We see this laid out here in in philippians chapter 1 now last week We began with philippians 1 3 through 6 and there's a great promise there that we're going to read again But we're also going to skip forward to 19 through 21 It says I thank my god every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul had a confidence because he had experienced that God was already taking things that that seemed unredeemable and he's using them for the glory of God. He says, but he goes on in this. He says, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed and I will have sufficient courage so that that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see, Paul understood that it's not just temporary that our life changes, that there is an eternal change in who we are and where we're going. Our eternal destination changes. But that his life, while, etern- while temporary, is marked by Christ, his life eternal is the gain. It's gain because he's going to be submitted and spend eternity with the king of all creation And he knew this because he had an encounter with jesus and I can't help but thinking back because part of that story of stephen Was that there's a moment where stephen it says stephen looks up at the heavens in the middle of being stoned. He looked up at the heavens Because he kept his eyes fixed on jesus So paul got to see the example of stephen and he get to set the example for us and, the, and the, the author of hebrews lays out what this is and why we can do this and why paul was able to and why we can It says let us fix our eyes on jesus The author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross Scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god. You see paul was able to keep his eyes on christ Because he knew that jesus was the ultimate example and jesus is our model as well he is our model of defiant joy you see paul knew as he was saved plugged in kept his eyes on jesus not only did he experience joy but he grew to become more like christ he grew in joy which is which is a character trait of the holy spirit which is god in us and he wrote about this And he tells us how we're supposed to live based on who we are in jesus in ephesians 5 1 and 2 It says be imitators of god. Therefore as dearly loved children back this up Hold on pause for a minute when paul writes about this He's he's going back to what we talked about earlier that we are adopted into the kingdom when we submit to jesus as lord And receive him as savior. We are adopted. We become dearly loved children And we can't forget that. We're to be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see... Here at Westside, we talk about loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus and sharing Jesus with the world around us. And the act of joy encompasses all of living in an act, a life of joy encompasses all three of these because it begins not with us loving Christ, but with the loving Jesus sacrificing for us and our love for him in response. We get to become members of his family. And as we become members of his family and we spend time with him, we get to become more like him. See, and and when we become more like Jesus, and we're going to talk in just a moment about how do we do this. When we become more like Jesus, an amazing thing happens. You see, we grow in defiant joy. Not only only do we grow in living it out, but we grow in our experience of it, Of of defiant joy, as we become more like Christ. We do this it's it's active. It's a two-way street. It's god giving into us and us returning in kind It's god pouring into us and us and us living a life marked by him in response to his love for us You see we should love We should live differently and love differently be out of the response of who jesus is and what he's done for us And we can become more like him. And I believe that the book of of Philippians lays this out in three ways. We get become more like him, and we experience his joy and grow in his joy in three ways. And the first is this Through keeping Christ first, we experience joy. Philippians 1, verse 15 through 18 says this it is true that some preach Christ out of envy or rivalry. But others out of goodwill the latter do so in love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel The former preached christ out of selfish ambition not sincerely s- Supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way whether from false motives or true christ is preached I want you to circle those three words This is Paul's way of saying the main thing needs to remain the main thing and the main thing is Jesus And he goes on to say and because of this because Christ is preached because of this I rejoice You see we keep Christ first when we keep Christ first we experience joy We don't let the enemy who comes in to steal kill and destroy distract us discourage us or divide us when Christ is the main thing when Jesus alone is the main thing, we get to experience joy in a brand new way. See, and that's the first way that we that we grow to become more like Christ, and we and we grow in this defiant joy, is by keeping Christ first. The second is this that we learn is in Philippians two. It says, "But we, we learn through walking in humility, we experience joy." through walking in humility humility is something that i think oftentimes in our society is looked at as weakness it's oftentimes looked as something that we don't want we live in a day and age of look at me look at me i can do it i got this you know i don't need anybody's help no that is not what this life is about Jesus lays this out, and we see it in his life, but we also see it in the book of Philippians here. Philippians 2, it says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, again, who is the main thing. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, and made himself nothing, taking the the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The God of all creation, the spotless Lamb of God, chose us. He chose to walk into a humanity that we screwed up, and journey with us As a servant The humility that God, that, that God In the life of Jesus Portrayed for us Is one that I don't think can be Expounded upon enough I don't think we can Over exaggerate We can't exaggerate how big this is That the God of all creation cho- Who could have just wiped us out Chose Us and chose to serve us all the way to death on a cross. And we get to choose to do that as well by walking in humility, by not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking about ourselves less. By thinking of others first, by saying, how can I serve my friend Mary? Or how can I serve my friend Derek? How can I meet them in the middle of what they've got going on and walk with them? How can I place their desires, their needs, their eternal destination over my temporary desires? And in humility, walk, knowing that one, I am not first. Christ is first. And secondly, that I'm not even second. Everyone else is. And the third thing that we can do, we we, we keep Christ first. We walk in humility and we trust god regardless of circumstances you see through trusting god regardless of circumstances we experience joy paul writes in philippians 4 he says i am not saying this because i am i am in need for i have learned to be content whatever the circumstances i know what it is to be in need and i know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether hungry or well-fed Whether living in plenty or in want I can do all things through him who gives me strength You see friends this is about trusting god This is about trusting god when our marriage feels like it's falling apart Trusting that he is the only one that can bring it back together It's about trusting him when we're in the when we're in a battle of a battle with an addiction when trusting that he is the only cure for that Not me him It's trusting him when we're in the middle of a financial crisis and realize that he is the provider He is the bread of life. He will supply my daily needs It's trusting Him even when life is going well and we think, look what I did. No, no, no. It's not about what we did. It's trusting God in those circumstances because it's because of Him that we're in those situations. You see, we trust God regardless of the circumstances. And this is how we get to experience the joy of Christ. When we trust Him because He's first. When we walk humbly in this world because He's first. And when we keep him first, we have the right person is on the throne And there is nothing that can change him because he is the same yesterday today and forever You see this is how we get to experience joy And when we do these things it will lead us to rejoice in who he is If all if all we're rejoicing is is who god is it has nothing it would be enough To never stop rejoicing but we also get to rejoice in what he has done and the truth of what he has yet to do. You see, in our teaching big idea today is I will rejoice in the Lord by humbly trusting God and keeping him first in everything I think and I say and I do. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will stand up and shout from the mountaintops. I am a child of the one king of all creation. Yeah. And in him is where I rejoice. Because, it's not a, because there is nowhere else where, where that is worthy of my rejoicing. But the, you see, friends, these things... While they come naturally, we are meant to grow in them. We are meant to grow to become more like Christ. It's a process in in church world that they call sanctification. And see, sanctification is a two-way street. It is what God does in us, but it's what we do in response to that that allows us to, become, allows us to grow to become more like him. And we have to put these things into practice. Growing up, I loved baseball. I still love baseball. I like the speed of baseball. I know my, a lot of people don't like it because it's really slow, but I actually kind of like it because it's really slow. I can keep up with it. And um, I love baseball. I think I love the, the art of it. I love the science. I love seeing somebody who can do something I could never physically dream of doing. Listen, not only could I never dream of throwing a 95 mile an hour fastball, but I would run if someone threw one my way, okay? That's how that would work. But growing up, growing up, I believe I got to watch on a regular basis. We watch on TV. I got to watch the sweetest swing in the history of all baseball. Some guy they called the kid, Ken Griffey Jr had the greatest swing that baseball has ever seen. And when he retired, they had, a, they had this interview. I remember seeing this on ESPN. And, um, and, and Junior got up and they asked him about things. He said, well, I had to practice to get really good at this swing. And they said, what did that look like? He said, well, during the regular season, it was 500 or more swings a day off a tee. In the offseason, it was 1,000. Because I had to put in the work to become to, 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 to become who I was supposed to be as a baseball player. And we have to put in the work to be able to grow, to become the servant of God that we're supposed to be here on earth. So how do we do this? I believe, just like Junior had practices, we have four. We have four practices. There are four practices of defiant joy. And we've talked about three of them, but I want to talk about how you take those three things and make them practical. And the first is this, is we keep Christ first by never silencing our praises. We keep Christ first, keep the main thing, the main thing, by never stopping praising the main thing. Scripture tells us, Heidi read this earlier in Philippians 4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. That word always it don't mean sometimes; it means all the time. You know, part of my job here, guys, and and part of the job that I, um, I love. And I love and I and I don't all at the same time. Is I get to visit people in the hospital. I get to visit people in some of the some of the most difficult seasons, difficult times of their life. And it never ceases to amaze me when I go visit somebody who is who is grounded in their, in their faith with Christ. They're in the hospital. They're very sick. I'm there. We're having these great conversations about faithfulness and about endurance and about, about Jesus and his love for us. And almost every single time, something amazing happens. Either somebody starts to pray or somebody starts to sing and, and it's just this beautiful thing that begins to happen. Recently I was, at a, I was visiting someone in the nursing home and, we, and, and just the whole room burst into song. And it was beautiful. We sang about this world not being our home. We sang about the blessed assurance of Jesus. And it was just this beautiful moment because you knew that what was happening in that moment was we were rejoicing the King in spite of what was going on around us. Because we knew that a saint was about to go see Jesus You see these things we can rejoice we can rejoice at all times We never have to silence our praises regardless of the circumstances. There's never a wrong time to praise The second practice of defiant joy is that we walk in humility by practicing gentleness at all times We walk in humility by practicing gentleness in our words, in our actions, in our way of life. Scripture says in Philippians 4, 5, it says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. You know what gentleness is? Gentleness is a parent, for a parent is the difference between being authoritative, which we should be because we're parents, or authoritarian, which we shouldn't be because that's not who we're called to be. Gentleness. Is an act of love It's not an act of weakness It's an act of love Gentleness is the difference between someone being a A leader and someone just being a boss Gentleness Is the difference Between us Between between people having respect for us out of fear and people having respect for us out of our integrity and who lives inside of us gentleness is a key for us in this world and it is how we walk in humility you see the third thing here the third practice of joy is that we trust god in all circumstances by seeking him in prayer Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your re- present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, we run to Jesus... When things aren't good we run to jesus when things are good. We run to him when we need advice We run to him when we need comfort we run to him When things happen to us that we had no that we had no control over. I love this I love thinking about this in the realm of a little kid and I remember, you know, my oldest daughter She had no fear when we were young when she was young none she was not she was the kid that would say okay i'm gonna and, and did this i'm telling you she i'm gonna jump from that tree onto that trampoline so i can land over there now this did not work out well i also remember a time at a playground and we were out with a life group that we were a part of at the time and uh she was playing on the monkey bars and she'd gotten all the way to the top of the monkey bars and this also did not end well uh, she slipped, she fell through, she bumped her chin, she fell on the ground. This was in the, they, they had not switched over to these little cushy playgrounds yet. This was still asphalt, so it was great. Um, so a little bit of blacktop got embedded in her body, and, um, and she got up, and she went all, you know, and you know what happens when you're at the park and a little kid falls? Every parent turns around to see, how can I help? And these were people that she trusted, people that she knew, people whose lives she'd been a part of. She went right by them. To her mom because in that moment she needed the person that she trusted the most she needed the person that she knew would hug her would wipe the wipe these things away and would make sure she was okay she needed the person that in her soul you got to see who it was that she trusted and when things happen the answer of who do we run to truthfully friends shows us who we trust so who do we run to do we run to Jesus first because if not then the wrong person is on the pedestal and the last thing that we do the last practice of of, of defiant joy is we meditate on Christ and live the word of God Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says, Finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever have you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the peace of God will be with you. You see, friends, whatever is true that's Jesus. Whatever is noble, that's Jesus. Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, that's Jesus. And we are to think about those things. Friends, it really narrows it down to we are to think about Christ. And when we dig into his word, which is what Paul continues to talk about here, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the peace of God will be with you. You see, we've been given this incredible book. We've been given this incredible incredible book, which is our, our way of, one, getting to know the love of Christ. But secondly... Understanding how we are supposed to live in response to His love. Friends, when we have this, we are meant not to just be readers of the Word, but doers of it. And when we are, we will keep Christ first. We will walk in humility. And we will seek Him first. You see we also will experience great joy. Because He is the provider. He is the definition of joy. He is the only place we will ever find it. And we can experience joy as we become more like Christ by putting Him first. So how do we live a life of defiant joy, we put Christ first. We walk in humility. We seek Him in prayer. And we think about Him and live His word. And friends, in that, joy will flow out of us because the one who lives inside of us will make that happen. So today... As we finish things up, I want to take a moment. And last week we prayed for ourselves as we came to get communion, but today we're going to pray for each other. Today we're going to pray for each other. We're going to, and, and I believe, friends, that there is a there is great power in this. There is great power because we may be you may be walking through something right now where joy may feel like it's the furthest thing from it from from your life. But in prayer. When, others, when we surround each other with the body of Christ and we lift each other up in prayer, people can borrow our faith for that moment and trust in Jesus even more and experience that, that, that joy. When we do this, we lift each other up and we get to experience the joy of community that only comes with Christ. We get to experience a little bit, a little bit of what heaven's going to be like one day where we stand and we rejoice in the presence of the King in community with each other, in one accord. And so friends, this is the prayer. And in a moment, I'm going to have you stand up and I want you to find some people who are around you. And if this is not something you're comfortable with, just and someone approaches you, just please say, please not today. And they're going to respect that. I promise. But this is the prayer today. Father, Help my friend trust in you and keep you first in everything.